wake up and get out of bed Don't delay your sleepy head Grab a seat on the couch Listen to what we're talking about In a Saturday morning pajamas Hello and welcome, for of a bowl of cereal Grab a spot on the couch and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas I'm your host, Jax, and I'm joined today by AJ, hey, how's it going? And we are here with a treat for you. We just came back from the cinema on this hot summer day. We had to go outside because we wanted to bring you a great movie. It is a fantastic movie. All about patriotism and working together and, yeah, no. It is Independence Day Resurgence. Yes, we decided to go. Last week we, we watched in the original Independence Day, and I missed the recording because I was being lazy. He's honest. Like I say. <laughs> so, now we went out to go see Resurgence today. And, you know, you can argue that this is the 4th of July movie. Why don't you care? Well, this movie didn't care much about what day of the year it took place on, so why should we? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it kind of starts in, on Independence Day, and it wasn't even released on Independence Day. So... It, we're going to get into all that, though. Um, warning, there are going to be spoilers in this review. If you have not seen the movie yet and you want to remain spoiler-free, please consider pausing this. Go and buy yourself a ticket. It's a discount. You know, discount Tuesdays, discount Wednesday, senior discount, student discount. Pretend you're three. I don't care. But go see the movie and then come on back and listen. Yeah. All right. Uh, without further ado, first things first, let's go into a bit of the plot. And after that, we'll get into some of our thoughts at the end. Okay. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman for president. Woo! Is it Pullman or Paxton? Pullman. Pullman? Not Paxton? John Oliver on This Week Tonight was making fun of the Brexit idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who looks like Bam Bam, the guy who had the bus, he was making fun of them for Coin Independence Day, and he said President Bill Pullman. So I'm going to tell Bill Pullman. Okay. All right. So our movie starts off with President... Well, it actually it starts off... Well, no, yeah, it does start off with Bill Pullman. They're replaying the original clip of the speech from... The end of Independence Day, and it somehow reaches the mothership. Now, I know I mentioned the mothership in the previous episode. Uh, my mistake. That was the teen mothership. We have the real mothership in this episode. So we have the middle-aged mothership. Well, let's compare sizes, because this was a big old fat one. So we have the southern middle-aged mothership. I have I have um, numbers. So in the original movie, <laughs> they said the ship... The ones above the cities were about, I think, I think it was the main one. They said it was about 550 kilometers across. Mm-hmm. That uh, equals about 341 miles, so, eh, one-way commute to work, right? Yeah. Now, in this movie, they say, they want to try and trick us. Did they actually say? They said 3,000, excuse me, 3,000 miles, which equals, da-da-da, 4,828 uh, kilometers. That's bullshit that it was 3,000 miles, because... It took up about a quarter of the fucking Earth in every establishing shot they showed of it. These are numbers they gave me. So basically the ship's almost nine times larger in this oh, movie. By the way, the ship works like a brain slug. It attaches itself. 37. 37? In a row. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the giant fucking, uh, not teen mother, but the mothership now. Yes. And what would motherships be without a queen? Diva. And oh, what a queen she is. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. They turned it into a kaiju movie. They did. Oh, my God. 
We're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. <laughs> We're getting way ahead of ourselves because that's the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun part. And why don't you make more toys about this? Did I just miss them? Dude, I would I would buy a toy of the of the queen because that that looked awesome. Only if she had animatronic like tentacles that I could control because they were awesome and flying everywhere and I could scare dogs and children with it. Sure, that's the reason. Nothing about tentacles at all, Aki. I am not Aki. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know who Aki is. Look her up on YouTube. Aki Dearest. Yes. Okay, plug anyway. for someone who's not paying me. <laughs> so oh, who, who does pay you for plugging them? You do. So uh-huh. we... Okay. <laughs> so wait a minute. God damn it. How did I miss that? Um, anyway, go ahead. So we start off. President Bill Pullman has a beard. So apparently time has passed. And he's had some really weird... <laughs> he's having some dream... And we're seeing the, we're seeing, um, words. We're seeing his speech. We're seeing the words? Well, no, Dr. Oaken? Oaken. Oaken. His name is Oaken. Yeah, Oaken. Because there's the Oaken laser. Isn't Oaken the name of the dude from Pokemon? No, Oak is the name. Okay, that's why I was getting confused. (laughs) But, no, no, (laughs) Oak. You know, I am so glad that he is back in this movie. He... He kind of, He's one of the characters that kind of makes this movie for me. If you don't know what we're talking about, besides Bill Pullman being back as president, um, as president, uh, Whitmore? I think it's... Whitmore, Whitmore. Whitmore, yeah. Um, we have his daughter. She's in this as well. We have someone Will Smith's son, someone Dylan. Someone that's supposed to be Will Smith's son, but it's not the same actor, of they, course. You, yeah. It's, wasn't it Michael Johnson or Michael... I, Michael or, B. Jordan, probably. Michael B. Jordan, something like that, yeah. Probably, I don't know. I'll look at that player. Uh, he was not listed as one of the top credited people on IMDb, and that's all my research so far. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we have, interestingly enough, Vivica A. Fox returns as supposedly... <laughs> For the bittiest Dylan's bit mother. We also have Dr. Oaken, remember crazy-haired Dr. Lonely, from the first movie, remember, from my last podcast? He's in this... Yeah, I thought he died too, but no, he didn't. See here, Jeff Goldblum, of course, is in this, and mm-hmm. I think that's about it for Ruth. And his dad, uh, Julius, is back in this as well. Yes. So we start out, and Will Smith is at. Bill Pullman's having some kind of nightmare. Um, just because I'm just going to get it out of the way so it's not confusing. Basically, the aliens are communicating telepathically, and everyone who had linked to them uh, when they came can about 20 them. years ago can get gets you know gets a signal. Now, humans are a little bit weaker, so when we get the signal in our minds, I'm not too sure if it's to harm us or just we can't take it, but migraine headache, basically. It is, by the way, yeah, it is Oaken. Okay. It's not spelt the way you think it would be. Oh. So, meanwhile, and so we find out that the President of the United States is a woman. Shut up. No politics. I know I want comments, but nothing about politics here. <laughs> Fucking, fan- oh, pardon my language. It was fantastic in the theater. We're sitting there, and then, you know... Hello, Mrs. President, and I swear I heard a few people in the in the movie theater chuckle at that. It's like, really? Sexist pigs. Yeah. So, she, and she's the president. The pre, uh, President Whitmore's daughter. She is now uh, an aide to the president, basically. Yeah. She had gone. I think she's like a speechwriter, because that's what it seemed like when they first introduced her. Oh. She had gone to. She had been in the Air Force. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Her, Dylan, which is Will Smith's son. And then Jake, who is Liam Hensworth, also known as Eye Candy, also known as the guy in all the fucking trailers. He, all three of them went through flight school together. They had their pick of where to go. 
Jay, uh, Jake, which is Liam Hemsworth, mm-hmm. he chose to go on the moon and man our base, base there because, you know, we have lasers on the moon now. Chuckle if you want. Dylan chose to be our hero because of who his dad, because Will Smith was his dad, he gets all the hero acknowledgments for all the stuff. And then the daughter of, what is the name of the daughter? The daughter? Oh, okay. Um, going back to that. See. Patricia. Patricia. So the girl girl Patricia. He was calling her Patty all that time. I kept thought he was saying baby. We'll work on his hearing later. So Patricia works towards work in the White House because she loved flying, but she really wanted to stay home and take care of her dad, who he now walks with a cane and he's having some issues. I'm not sure why. Not like an alien threw his ass around. No, and really, a cane. All, all, all of a sudden, you, you, did, you don't see him injured at all in the last in the first movie. But nope, he's walking with a cane now. Something happened to him between the last movie and this movie that causes him to walk with a cane, and they never cover it. Is that like what happened in Scream with a? Uh... What's his name? Um, Deputy Dewey. Where yeah. the first movie he walked fine, second movie he had a limp, and the third movie he was fine. Yeah. Yeah, he basically got the bitch slap of pain and the bitch slap of healing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, back to the movie. Where, where were we at? Okay, are so we... I was explaining where everyone is. Mm-hmm. So on the moon, all of a sudden, weird shit starts happening. Oh, sorry. Dylan has just joined the moon base, and weird shit starts happening in the sky, and a spacecraft that looks like Oh. The Geffen logo. That's what it looks like. You know the old uh, Geffen Productions with the sphere with the line through it? To me, it it actually reminds me, now that I think about it, probably not so much, but from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it reminds me of Marvin's head. Yeah, actually, I could see that too. There's a big white sphere and there's a line through it and for eyes, whatever, yeah. or something. So. Which, by the way, now that. Okay, uh, spoiler getting ahead of ourselves, but. The fact that the ship looked like the person inside the ship. Yeah. Notice that? It's, it's like, I'm Mario. I'm going to be flying through the galaxy in my own head. Yeah, isn't that Mario Galaxy? Yes. Okay. That's, what I, that's why I brought it up. Just a little picky thing. So weird shit starts happening on the moon, and that's when Big Mama ship comes through. Yes. So Big Mama ship comes along. Well, first the big, first the sphere ship is we shoot it down. Oh yeah, we shoot the ship down because it must be alien. And oh. it must be it must be trying to attack us. Even though it's just sitting there, but whatever. Yep. So we shoot it down, and as soon as we shoot it down, in comes Big Mama ship. Yep. We send our fighters up to attack. Nah. <laughs> and we do about as you well as you would, you know, with sticks and stones against twenty years advanced technology. Yep. And so somehow that our base is attacking. Ends up on Earth, and I'm gonna go into more detail after the script. After that line, we'll go into more details about this. But basically, they on Earth. Mm-hmm. Things happen. Uh, we the mothership lands and do- fucking docks on Earth. Oh, have to go back a bit. Mm-hmm. So we have to go back because Jeff Goldblum's character. He was called to Africa. Yeah, Africa, and apparently. Something that was not mentioned at all in the last movie, which we can understand why, because there's no greater communication, but one of the ships actually did land during the first movie, mm-hmm. and it started drilling, but we don't know why. So, back to back to just a quick point. When Big Mama ship comes in, it goes through asteroid fields and all that, and you can see stuff bouncing off the shield, like in the first movie, shields. And they don't say anything or bring it up until the end, but... 
all I I was wondering like halfway through the movie, why the hell in the twenty years that we developed all these weapons, we didn't develop any shields? Nothing had shielding shielding on it until the very end of the movie, and that was the only time we had shown any shields. I have a feeling that really what we did in those twenty years, we just took the, we just cannibalized our technology, but we didn't understand it. So we did since we understand it, we couldn't improve on it. But we're but we were able to mass produce it. Jurassic Park. We took other people's and we took other people learned and we used it. We didn't learn from it. Ian Malcolm said this. Ah, fucking Goldblum. Yes. All right. Anyway. Do that, <laughs> so back to the hole. We landed in Africa. <laughs> so the ship landed in Africa and basically it started drilling and there was like a ten year war going on between the people and the aliens. Again, I get why it wasn't mentioned in the first movie, but it's just like, wait, 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 what? Yeah, so, like, for the period between the two movies of 20 years, for half that time, there was a huge ground war with the aliens in Africa. And apparently machetes are the best tool, like zombies, and you can kill them in the back. And did you notice that he, <laughs> a, the, a certain character in the movie, actually calls them katanas at one point, and I'm like, Machete. It's machetes. Yeah. And then he gets it right later, so I'm like, when did he learn? Probably sometimes someone beats ass. <laughs> all right. Anyway. So, so. And and so once all the bullshit started happening on the moon, Jeff Goldblum was then picked up by Jake, mm-hmm. so he could go look at the moon, the crash plane for the spaceship for the mm-hmm. for the Marvin ship. Yeah. And that, my mistake, that is when we actually had Big Mama ship come through. Yeah, because while they're looking through it, Mama Ship comes through, and the gravitational pull of Mama Ship starts pulling stuff up from uh, the moon, and they have to get back onto the ship in time to get away, and while trying to get away, they get pulled in by gravitational pull of Big Mama Ship. Which actually gave us one of the coolest, well, I think it was one of the creative scenes in the movie, mm-hmm. and that is Big Mama Ship's coming into Earth's atmosphere, all the little ships with uh, Dylan and Jake and Jeff Goldblum, they're all... Uh, attached to the gravitational pull, so this big mall ship is landing and destroying London. Mm-hmm. Did she destroy anything besides London, or is that the mm-hmm. only landmark? That's the well, that's the only major city they showed was destroyed, except for the fact that they kind of give you a glimpse of what might be New York on the Atlantic coast. Yeah, there was like they, I mean, there was a scene where we do see the Eiffel Tower, but it's intact. We don't see mm-hmm. them destroying anything except England. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you hate us. And then this is when we get um, Judd Hirsch introduced into the movie. But before we get to him. Ow. So right to the creative part is because they're under the gravitational pull, they get a front seat view to all the destruction, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting because because all the satellites are down, all this all that crap's going on. No one else is going to know what destruction actually looked like. So this is a way for the filmmakers to show us the destruction and work it into the story mm-hmm. instead of just saying. Hey, let's show you what's going on over here that no one could possibly have seen. Yep. All right. So now, while the plane's landing, or Mama ship's landing, Judd Hirsch apparently lives on a boat in off Staten Island or something. Mm-hmm. And the the ship basically has a couple claws on in Europe and a couple claws in North American's coast. We are going to attach ourselves to the Earth. <laughs> like I said, brain slug. So, um. During all this, you know, Mama Ship lands. Uh, they get back to... they. Everyone somehow gets to Area 51. They don't explain how certain people are able to make that make it there in time. Which, by the way, 
I will once again say, yeah, this movie does not take place all during like two days because you got to think, keep in mind, Judd Hirsch makes it from what's supposedly the East Coast all the way to Area 51. This is true. So. Yeah, he, basically his boat ends up on land and some kids they're, they're, pick him up. Pick him up because they see they're trying to they're trying to find get away and get safe. They're trying to get to safety. It's mm-hmm. kind of like how Vivica Fox was driving through El, El Toro and Ellie in the first movie. Yeah. They're kind of doing that and they know Judge Hirsch and they pick him up and next thing you know we're in the salt flats. Yep. And single thing yes. During all this time, uh, they get the little Marvin's head thing that they took from the sh- the crash to Area 51. They start studying it. Find out it's another alien. And I'm going. I'm just a different to, alien race. A different alien race. A good one. A good one who has started a resistance against the aliens from you know the aliens that are attacking us. Though it couldn't give us a name for them. Nope. That would be too easy. But you know, I I, I want to say one thing. I haven't said this yet. This movie, especially the way they have it set open for a sequel, and you know, a, or a trilogy, I guess is what you'd say, but. It gives me the same feeling as um, Men in Black did when I was a kid. Because I could totally see them just taking off and going, okay, we're going to turn this sequel, instead of actually doing a sequel, and making an animated series of it. Of everyone going to this resistance planet, leading the charge against the aliens. And I know, I'm going it. I'm giving away the ending to the movie. I'm sorry, but spoilers. Basically, the Marvin, Marvin Alien says he has the codes and everything, and you must protect him, but if it's, but he's the last one who has the codes to how to get to the... The safe, resistance planet, yeah. Yeah, and for training and such. Basically, it's the plan, uh, different movie spoiler. Basically, it's it's how it's the map to get to Luke. Yeah. From the Star Wars Force Awakens, okay? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's what it is. So, anyway, the um, once this alien thing activates, the mothership, the, um, the queen mother decides, oh, I can sense that. So she goes after after it in Area 51. She wants to destroy it. So the rest of the movie is a play against the clock of trying to get ready to lure her in so we can attack her. On top of trying to make sure that this drill, which by the way we talked about in Africa in the first movie apparently, there was a drill that was try- going through the Earth, but they never said why. It's apparently to get to the Earth's core to, get, to suck out all the magma. Which the magma is... Like dark matter from Futurama, where it's used to fuel spaceships and technology. It's on obtainium. Yeah. Anyway, so but they, you know, they do bring up the point that if you take out the Earth's core, there's going to be no magnetic field, and everyone's just going to die. Yay! Yeah. So, and like I said, at this point, it's a race against time because they have someone monitoring the the thing, how far it's going to get to the Earth's core. I don't know how they monitor it, but whatever. Um, and so they monitor it, and like I said, race against time. Fight, 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 fight. Oh, look, we win. Yeah, basically. I, we could go into more details, but we're going to leave that part a little bit empty there, so it's something stuff for you to watch. But at the end, basically, it's decided, like, we can do that. We can go to the resistance plant, and we can go to their own turf and take them down. And the fact... Okay, and I brought this up earlier, not in this, but earlier today. Um, I love the fact that while they confirm... But they don't confirm. But they essentially confirm the fact that Brent Spiner, you know, Oaken, his character, the character is in a relationship with the uh, with uh, the other scientist from the first movie. Yeah. I, there's a whole lovely scene about how 
You can't die. Who will... Take care of the orchids. Which are... Fl- oh, okay. Oaken was in a coma between the end of the last movie... And this movie. And this movie. And he wakes up, and we, he, when he wakes up, we actually see him laying in the hospital bed, and his friend comes by, and mm-hmm. he brings him another orchid and waters him, and then an alien brain blast comes to wake him up. Yep. And because of movie magic, he's not stuck in a fetal position. He can walk immediately. He'll talk to Spine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But, so... That, that's what we're talking about. We said you can water the orchids, and there's another scene where he's he's he immediately jumps out of bed because of course, Anthony said, yeah. and immediately looks out of bed, and he doesn't put pants on, and so they're gonna have to remind put pants on. I did not need to see Data's ass. Oh my god, I did not need to see Data's. Ass. And they made a point to make you see Data's ass because they could have had him in underwear. No, it was see-through back underwear where you could see his ass. I'm like, okay, no one was asking for that. Nope. Well. No, there is a small contingent, I'm sure, of people who wanted to see Brent Spiner's ass. It's true. However, I, I didn't need to see it. No. We'll leave that to his adult film career that he's probably going to start up now thanks to this. Like, no, uh, Brent Spiner, I don't think, would do it in an adult film career. He may have some demand after this. Uh, he's probably already had some demand from the same people. Okay. Anyway. So that said, we now... So that overall, I really enjoyed the movie. What did you think? I personally, I enjoyed this much more than the original. I mean, after seeing the original, I kind of realized the original, I mean, given it was a landmark movie when it came out. Yeah. And it did create a lot of tropes. But because it created all those tropes, I'm see, I've seen it for somewhat fresh eyes again recently. Yeah. For the first time in forever. I'm tired of a lot of those tropes. Cool. And seeing this movie... I think it could have done well and stand on its own, and I think it was the better movie, story-wise. I I agree. I think it was really great. I do have a few more points I want to make, but first I want to take a break for a moment, hear a word from a couple of my friends, and we'll be back. Every year, TV shows get canceled, some not getting picked up for a second season, but there are some unfortunate shows that get pulled before airing all of their episodes. I'm Ed, host of Unaired, a podcast where we take shows canceled with episodes left unaired and give them new life by pitching what could have been future episodes. And so Rodney Dangerfield, he's dead now, and little Rodney walks away. He clicks open the lock on the book. You see a list of crossed out names. Rodney Dangerfield, he takes a pen, crosses it out, and up on the screen it pops up, Where's Rodney? Where's disappears, and the N-E-Y disappears, and just pops up with Rodlander. There can only be one. God damn it. Giving them new theme songs. Welcome to Siegfried and Roy's horny animal kingdom. And even pondering a reboot. What do you think a reboot of this show would look like? It looks like a boot, but like another boot. Two boots. Two boots. A bootception. Check us out on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. And welcome back. I'm AJ. I'm Jax. And we're still here talking about Resurgence. In Defense Day Resurgence. The 2016 movie, in case there's another we didn't know about. There is. There's an, an older one back probably, I think there's 70s, maybe one in the 30s. Yeah, and then there's one called Independence Day Disaster, which if you're lucky, I might be getting my hands on this week. So we'll see if that one becomes anything worthwhile. And we'll see if we get any alien mustard gas with it or, you know. Anything with like that. that, yeah. So uh, where, we, where talk- we left off, we talked about the, how the movie ended. And now we just want to talk about a few little bits we noticed with the writing, with the story, with the plot. Overall. Mm-hmm. So I just have to get this out of the way. 
AJ has explained to me this thing called Girlfriend in the Refrigerator. Oh, my God. Yeah, so the Girlfriend in the Refrigerator is a trope in comic books. It's essentially doing killing off a main character's love interest, family member, what have you, someone close to him, just to give him motivation. And it's lazy writing. And they did that in this movie by, well, apparently Dylan needed motivation to save the world. He's not already thought Bob's a hero. First we have... Spoiler here. Will Smith. Someone hated him because he died of horrible plot. Like, there is, like he's just not there. <laughs> We're sorry. We hear about maybe once. And then in a throwaway line, it's mentioned that Will Smith died during a training exercise. That's it. Not a training exercise. It was a test flight. A test flight. I think it was a test flight going up to the moon base. Which is just even lazier. And I'm just like, and so... That apparently was not motivation enough to yeah, deal with Essentially, Will Smith was on Challenger. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry, might, might, might be too soon. It's, but that's kind of how it felt like. They're just like, oh, well, you know, this person just died. And, you know. And for the hero he was, no one gave a shit about him. Like, his son's treated like a hero because of who his dad was. But besides that, there's, like, no honor given to Will Smith. There is a one very small honor given to him. He has a painting in the White House. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a good, it's not, the funny thing is, it's not a painting of him in a suit or in his military blues or, or his military dress garb. No. It's a picture of him in his, you know, combat outfit. You know, the same thing he wore as a pilot in the first movie. So you're saying they just stole one of the promotional photos from the first movie? Yes. Okay. Well, lazy number two. Now for lazy number three. Vivica A. Fox, she is makes the reappearance in this movie. Apparently, stripping did not pan out, and she's a doctor now. <laughs> no explanation given, like, not even the throwaway line about how, well, you know, it's been so, I can't believe it's been 20 years since your dad or since Will Smith died, and, you know, I, I went to med school. This, no. She's, you don't even know that she's a doctor at first. The only reason you know that she's a doctor is that all of a sudden, she, when she's running through the halls, ordering people around with a lab coat on. Yeah. The only reason I, at first I thought she was a nurse. No, she's a doctor. Okay, fine. Cool. She can be a doctor. But they never, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, I mean, it's doing a good job of show, not tell, but. You eh. gotta kind of give a little bit more information there. I would like a little bit more backstory. Hell, even just showing a name tag on her lab coat saying doctor or whatever. Yeah. Would have been something to show. No. So, reason we bring up those for lazy is because. Aliens are landing, we're trying to evacuate the city, and she had gone back to get one woman who just had a baby, because babies. Yeah, she dies trying to save the baby. Because it's so cute. Yeah. She basically gets them up to the roof of the hospital. For whatever reason, Dylan is flying around this fighter jet here. He can't get her into his, into his uh, plane. Because it's a single. It's yeah, a fighter single. jet. Yeah. So he calls over and a helicopter comes to pick her, his mom, and the patient up. They hand the baby to the guy on the helicopter first. Then the other woman gets on, and then the building starts to crumble. Helicopter dude grabs Vivica's hand, and better fingers. CG, Vin CG Vivica A. Fox falls into explosion. Dead. And it was like, and now he's shaking, he's shaken up. Now he's all sad. His mom it died. It gives him motivation for revenge, and that's where I, where we bring in the point of what I was talking about, of girlfriend in the fridge. They didn't. They really didn't. Yes, we knew of the mom from the original movie, but they didn't flesh out her new character now that she's 20 years later. They didn't flesh out the relationship. They didn't really give him any more motivation. They made Dylan a very single-sided character. Yeah, she was a character that was in the movie just to die. 
But even Dylan was a very single side character then. Mm-hmm. It's like he, you are Will Smith's son. You are pissed they killed your mom. You are good. You are a good pilot. And everyone loves you. But you need that's to make it. him a hero, and that's how you make him a hero. Yes. By overcoming odds. Yes, except when you lazily write the odds in, it takes it away from ta- it. And it feels tacked on. Yeah, it's like eh, it's it. Yeah. So that's, that's happens. That that is just lazy writing. Yes. All right. Anyway. One. Then another thing I want, and then the other thing I noticed was just that not exactly lazy writing, but usually there's a ton of writers. And I don't think it's just not about the plot that got me, and that is we have the plot with Dylan and Jake when they're at some point they end up inside the alien, the big mama ship. And so we ha- we'll see, like, scenes with them for a while, and then we'll also see scenes going on with uh, Judd... Uh, Judd Hirsch. Judge Hirsch. And then we'll see scenes going on with Jeff Goldblum. And no one's interacting with anyone else, which, understandable, because communication's cut off, but we're going, this happens, meanwhile, this happens, but they're not really connected together. It, it's almost like what happened during Batman versus Superman, or V Superman, where it was like two separate movies for a while. Yeah, this this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens, and eventually at the end we're going to combine them. Combine them and then things that happen to each other will make sense, but for a lot of the movie you're just stuck going, oh, okay. So it's a lot like those you know Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, New Year's movies. Love actually, that was yeah. the main one that started it all. So that's kind of where it is, and it just kind of, I don't want to say. It almost, like, I feel like it could have fleshed out a little bit better. I really hope they weren't rushing it just to meet the 2016-20 year deadline. I really hope that's not the reason. Mm, possible. It's possible. Anyway, so, and then there's also, you know, other other things. You know, we brought up the size of the ship yeah. earlier, and, you know, we did a little bit of research and saw, actually, that that distance is a little more than the distance between, what, New York and London, you said? According to a quick Google search, from New York to to London, it's approximately 3,459 miles. So that 3,000 estimate they gave for the size of the ship, that's about on target. Especially when you consider that the way they landed, they had legs that little popped out, so yeah. made it a little bit bigger. And so the way it looked in the movie, it's very po- very possibly could be just that size, and it just seemed really off. Yeah. And they did have a line in the movie about how it's going to cover the Atlantic. Yeah. Oh, I have to go into my favorite characters, though. So there's this ship in the Atlantic that was trying to pull up some gold from a wreckage. And... Yes, this is the ship of the people that I mentioned in passing, the ones who are... They're the ones who end up being a big help. Mm-hmm. But basically, they're just there for gold. And they're, someone comes down and says, hey, they're ordering all the ships to leave. We're not leaving the gold. Well, Big Mama comes along, and they're like, oh, hell. They lost the gold. So a little bit later, we come back. We come back to them, and everybody's drinking. And one person's like, what are you doing? We're going to die anyways. And apparently, since all there were, uh, apparently the Americans were looking for... Ships to monitor the Big Mother ship. And as the, it was drilling. Yes. Because it was drilling the Atlantic. And the guys are drunk, and they're going, yeah, we'll do it for 100. And they're the ones left. We'll do it for 100 million. All right, Gatan's walkie-talkies, like, they accepted. What, 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 what? Quick, sober up. Start doing shit. Yeah. And they're monitoring the progress because somehow they can know just exactly how close Big Mama is to reaching the core. I'll give you a hint. They have less than two minutes till impact when they finally sit, when they finally stop her. 
So I'm sure that big giant hole in the earth is going to do is not going to cause any problems at all. Oh, and that and that gap between you know the outer outer layer and the mantle that totally totally isn't going to fill up with the water from the um, Atlantic Ocean and it's not going to crack or have any magma come up from there. Cause no, any issues? Not no. at all. Oh. But fair part is that's the end because yay we win. Is then. You see all around where everyone's cheering, all the different places, and the guys on the ship are just, like, throwing, like, champagne everywhere. Money! 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 We're rich! We're rich! Yes. We're rich! I'm like, you know, I hate to say it, that's probably the most true reaction I've seen out of anyone celebrating in this entire series. True. Speaking of money. Okay. So, overall, this movie seemed... had a little bit different tone than the first one. Yeah. The first one... Oh God, was it so pro USA with all like how much they how much they're in the countdown to United States Independence Day, how we kept seeing all the U.S. fighters everywhere and we yeah. kept re you know USA USA USA. Uh-huh. This movie was less that and it seemed instead, more internationally focused. One thing we missed when we were going over the whole um, outline of the movie plot is basically since the aliens uh, landed 20 years ago, attacked 20 years ago, all the nations have come together. There is now peace. And all the nations work together and, you know, about everything and, you know, technology has advanced so much because of this. Except, well, they get all the world leaders together uh, via video conference and then they still look to the United States president for the answer for what to do. There's no discussion. There's no vote. It's kind of like but to be, president. To be fair, I mean, yeah, I agree with I agree. It's kind of stupid. But in that kind of situation, you look towards the ones who have came up with a way to defeat him before. True. It just... It it's, it's just seems a little lazy. On one hand, it seemed they were trying to make the movie less about the USA and more just a global thing, so box office would, you know, be a little bit bigger. Yeah. But on the other hand, you have to do a little bit more than tying down the USA. You have to actually show the other countries. Yeah. I know we saw... We saw a little bit of Chinese, which mm-hmm. Josh Whedon was right. It is China and the US superpowers, because that was who... Chinese was who were in charge on the moon. Yep. It was just having a Chinese commander, but... It wasn't... The, yeah, China it, wasn't in charge, but it was... It was a... Uh, the commander was Chinese. Yes. Yeah, it was more of a partnership there. Yes. But you see that a little bit. You saw the people in Africa a little bit, but... You, and there's a few little clips of people around the world as someone's giving their new speech... As someone's giving a speech. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it was... You see a few people on... Uh, heads on the screens to represent the other world leaders... And there's some flags on planes that go by so fast you probably miss them. And, then and we're does. a global movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just one thing. And then finally, this was the Michael Bayest movie I've seen in a long time. Explosions? Oh, yeah. This this is a, like Roland Emmerich. You, you know, I haven't seen 2012, but this... I think it was more Roland Emmerich than a Michael Bay movie. Because... Yeah. This, I mean, yeah, there were explosions, but the explosions in this movie weren't, I mean, other than the fact the ship comes in to the Earth atmosphere on fucking fire. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the shot that I'm talking about. Yeah. It, it's just, it's because of the, it's atmosphere. just the way things come in through the atmosphere. Fine. But it's just so, it just looks like oh, explosion after explosion after explosion on the ships. Yes. But, no, I'd say it's more of a Roland Emmerich movie because he's more... He does a lot better disaster movies. True. And he did and, do 2012, and he was the director on this one. Yes. And a lot of, like, scenes from 2012 with Earth falling away, stuff like that. 
fall, you know, kind of fall in the same visuals of this movie with True. the Earth kind of not falling away, but kind of rising up. Yes. With the gravity issue. True. He does, uh, he's really good at natural disasters. Yeah. Or um, alien disasters. So, uh, you know, yeah, not natural disasters. Um, supernatural disasters. Uh, basically, if anyone ever played SimCity growing up and you went to disaster mode, that's basically what he's doing to the movies. Yay, Bowser! I mean, oh, wait. Bowser? Oh, oh, yeah, on Super Nintendo. You could summon Bowser. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I only played it on computer. <laughs> I just remember the one of them, I just remember being really in awe when they gave you the option for tornado... You know, fire, aliens, and everyone. And I'm. I know everyone who ever played SimCity would get would create the perfect city and then go. I'm bored. <laughs> Destroy. Don't save. Yep. My dad would make the really good city, so I'll just be very careful not to save over them. Yep. Dad's town looks good. Destroy. Yeah. So I mean, the movie, good movie. You know, if you have the money, go see it. I, I would actually like to see this one do well enough where they make the third one because I. They're the promise of a third movie where it's it's more... You know, if there's a third movie, I have a feeling it's going to be more like Starship Troopers. And a movie like that, I will be all for an Independence Day Starship Troopers kind of movie. You know what I would like to see? Hmm. I'd like to see them also consider going possibly back to the African War that took on for ten years. That would be really cool, too. I would like to see a lot of that, but, you know... Yeah. That whole that whole section though in this movie kind of reminded me a bit about District Nine. Yeah, just it was because very... aliens landed and they they did a lot. Of, there, yeah. you know what? In this movie, that felt like there was a lot of and you know I I don't know if I should say it, but it's like a lot of no, you know what? I'm not gonna say it. They. Someone got a lot of inspiration from other places in this movie. Yeah. And it just, and I know that's not intentional, and we're talking about tropes. You're going to get it from different places. Um, but I, something, I like this movie a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. We're probably going to, it's probably going to go on the Blu-ray list. Oh, yeah. I, I want to buy this day one. This is good. Okay. But the, it just had, it could have done, could been better. I, I do agree with AJ where it could have been something that could have stood on its own. It mm-hmm. stood it had like it had a few nods to the original, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. So it could have been something that we could have made completely on its own, and mm-hmm. it would have been great. Especially since we barely mentioned the date at all, which was a big call of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got a lot of inspiration. I I just kept seeing like oh this kaiju Pacific Rim, oh. There's, you know, the aliens are making me think of Predator. I don't, I've never seen Predator movie, mm-hmm. so it just made me think. Like, especially there's a scene where they're like, apparently on the alien spaceship they're growing food, mm-hmm. and so when our people are in the spaceship, you see the aliens hunting them down with their machine, with their guns, or whatever, laser guns. In giant aloe fields. Yeah, I'm going. I'm getting flashbacks to like all those movies I saw about Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was feeling. That's what I felt too. It's like okay. Um. It's. And it's not a bad thing to get inspiration. I just felt mm-hmm. they could have done a little bit better. Another thing. I mean, and this isn't related to the movie. So, you know, if you don't want to listen to this, sorry. I'm just going to bring it up real quick. When did it become such a thing for audiences to be so rude in the theaters now? Okay. Yeah. We'll get into that. But first, I want to take one more break to hear from another friend. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into a little time I'm going to call rant here. Trouble in the theaters. Uh, yes. We'll be back. Hey everybody, this is Justin with the Mysterious Circumstances Podcast. 
where we cover lesser-known cases that have happened under mysterious circumstances, of course, including uh, murder, disappearance, and maybe even a little bit of the paranormal. So come on out, check out a few episodes, and who knows, you just might like it. We have returned. Yes, so as AJ mentioned before that little break there, we want to talk a little bit about theater etiquette and what you can do to make the viewing experience more enjoyable for everyone. Number Shut one. the hell up. Yes. While we understand that you may be our elder or you may be a child who doesn't know better, well, doesn't matter. You're in the theater. You need to act like you belong there or you can go home with Redbox. Um, this comes from a recent experience of I've had with other events where we just had children running around screaming, yelling, can't tell what's going on, and no one does anything about it. And it's not the kid's fault. They're just not told what to do. And, you know, they're not they, – if they don't want to be there, as a parent, sorry. You find more for them to be or you don't go. Uh, more so, though, we had a nice little old lady today, about nice. 70-ish. right who decided that the beginning of the movie was a lot less interesting than her conversation to her friend. And she proceeded to prattle on. At it, was probably good, it was probably a good ten minutes into the movie before I actually said something. And the thing is, I'm not the I'm not the kind of person who stands up and will tell people to be quiet in the theater. Because, you know, I've done it before. I'd make little comments in there. And there's a difference between making little comments and holding a full conversation where I can hear you over a loud-ass action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you were, while you were not, I would say, sugary sweet, you were firm in, like, in asking her to please keep it down. Oh, I, 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 I didn't curse at her. I, I, I just turned over and said, ma'am, if I can hear you over the movie that I'm trying to watch, please be quiet. Yes. You use your authoritative voice that you need to do at work sometimes. Yes. You're not going to wait us for a living because, no. Yeah. Um, so we had to be supportive. Now, and she flared. But, but whatever, like, she shut up. Yeah, she tried to stare me down. <laughs> I was like, really? No, I'm going to just keep staring at you, too. And then just to counterbalance that, we did have a kid sitting behind us who's probably about 10 or 11. He was, not, he was not old enough to have seen the original movie in its original run. But, you know, he's with his parents. And, you know, when you're a kid and you see movies, you ask questions. That's fine. And he was – but the thing is – He could have been a little quieter, but for the most part – he wasn't having a full-on conversation. He wasn't super loud, and during the quiet parts, he was actually he was paying attention to the movie. Yeah. And that, you know, that that's I, acceptable for this, me for Tuesday afternoon at about one about one thirty in the afternoon on Tuesday. That's fine. Um, you know, I just really wish that people, when you come to the theater, show some respect for your other moviegoers. Some people might, you know, I've talked about quite a few movies in theaters on here mm-hmm. because we've been lucky enough to be able to go. And for example, today was a discount Tuesday. On top of which, my cell phone provider now just this like as of today started doing perks. So we got lucky and we were able to go to theaters. Not everyone's so lucky. Not everyone can make the time. Not everyone can afford the movie. So if they're push, someone's pointing out that might for the movie experience. Let them have the experience. Don't go out of your way to be an asshole and ruin it for everyone. Exactly, and that's that's the main point. The main focus here is, you know, just be considerate to other people. Please, please, you know. Not everyone is in your position. Maybe you got your tickets for free or you didn't pay for your tickets. Fine. But don't ruin the experience for someone else who did have to pay for their tickets. 
And that's the end of our little heaviness swing at the end. I do want to thank everyone for listening today. Um, when you're done here, as you probably are, because we're almost done, please check out some of my friends over at TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, tons of podcasts there. We've also heard from a couple friends throughout the show. Give them a shout out. And of course, if you want, you can always go to audibletrial.com slash SMP and you can get a free 30-day trial to Audible. Get an audio book, listen to it, um, expand your horizons. That's what I want. Um, there is a link as more as more details on the website at nonoms.net. And if you feel like you like the show even a little bit, please consider becoming our patron at Podbean or Patreon. Again, links are at the website. We even have a little chip jar now. So thank you once again for listening, and we will see you at on what's today. Today is... We'll see you on Saturday, isn't it? Yes, thank you. I'm recording this on Tuesday. It's going to go up Wednesday. I'll record it at the end of the week again. We will see you Saturday. So until then, don't be an asshole. Bye-bye.